Hi, and welcome to the Dog Sports Decoded podcast. My name is Megan Ritchie, and in today's podcast, we will be interviewing Monica Hoyer. Monica is a very experienced dog trainer. Um, She has over 15 years training dogs. She's actively competed in multiple dog sports, including barn hunt, uh, bike joring, uh, trick dog, see here, uh, fly ball, sky hounds, uh, canine good neighbor, and then some agility and scent detection as well as barn hunt, of course. So she's been teaching barn hunt and competing barn hunt with uh, with all three of her dogs and uh, and now multiple customer dogs, client dogs as well. So in today's podcast, Monica is going to give us some different strategies that you can use in the blind while you're waiting for your barn hunt run. When you're competing in barn hunt, you have to wait in a tented blind area so that you can't see where the judge is hiding the gerbils and of course you can't cheat and uh, and watch where they're hiding them and just walk over and tell your dog where they are. So in today's podcast, Monica is going to walk us through some different blind strategies, so how you can keep your dog quiet and uh, not bother the other contestants that are in the blind with you, but also not interfere with the other dogs that are competing in the ring. So um, so that's what Monica is going to help us with today. I hope you enjoy this podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, the blind at Barn Hunt. So the blind uh, tends to be like the hardest part of uh, Barn Hunt for most people yeah. because uh, it's, it's the biggest point of anxiety, especially if you have a dog who's a bit restless or a little bit uh, reactive. Reactive. The, the blind, <laughs> restless, reactive, same thing. Um, the blind uh, can be a little bit stressful. Especially with big dogs, I would say. Like me yeah. and my own complaint, but like you yeah. have a dog that takes up three feet of space in a room that's, that's 10, 10 by, by 10. 10 on average. Yeah. yeah. So the blind on average is a 10 by 10 space that has to be enclosed on at least three sides. So it's true. They do tend to stick, um, all of the large dogs <laughs> into the blind at the same time. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's always the best idea. Um, small dogs are easy cause you can sit them on your lap. Yep. I'm um, always jealous of the lap dog. (laughs) But big dogs are hard because they're like, they might be on your lap, but they're still going to be all the way over there at the same time. So depending on how big your big dog is, right? Um, So what what I uh, was going to help you out with a little bit today um, was uh, some strategies for managing a dog in the blind um, in a way that it does not disrupt your self and, and your hunting performance when you get into the ring um, and in a way that uh, does not disrupt your other fellow competitors because there is actually a rule in barn hunt where if you are disruptive in the blind or to the dogs who are in the ring um, you can actually be uh, NQ'd for okay. your for your run. Um, I've heard different things about that, so that's good to yeah, know. Yeah, or excused from the blind or, yeah. or anything like that. And, and the idea is if any other competitor goes to a trial um, chair member and says, um, listen, this dog's behavior disrupted my dog's performance in, in some way, um, then that actually does turn into a, a bit of a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to make, we don't want to lose friends no, over this. No, nobody yeah. likes turning things into a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny because when Barn Hunt kind of first came to Alberta, there were um, kind of conflicting opinions about how your dog should be handled in the blind. Um, a lot of people, um, because we didn't know as much about the sport as we do now, that it's an established sport, a lot of people thought they had to get their dog like riled up in the okay. blind. So <laughs> that 
the result for that was a lot of people standing in the exit to the blind when it was their dog's turn going, ready, are we going to get the rat? <laughs> Encouraging their dog to bark and yank on the leash, right. et cetera, et cetera. And for people like me who have a um, reactive dog or a dog who... Um, Hers, hers is barrier related, so she gets frustrated yeah. when she's on leash. Um, and for me to manage her for the next 15, 20 minutes while we're sitting in the blind after she's had three dogs ahead of her, um, <laughs> ramping her dog and, up. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, it was not a good time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I had to come up with some strategies for her, um, which fortunately we have now seen sort of a shift in, in the barn hunt culture locally uh, towards calmness in the blind. Don't waste your dog's energy in the blind, keep them calm, keep them chill. When you're at the higher levels of competition, you're not in there for five minutes, you're in there for for half an hour right. um, and if you have a dog that you have to struggle to control for half an hour um, by the time you get in the ring neither of you are thinking about hunting no. so yeah um, so definitely and you can't always just say go can I go first <laughs> yeah it's, it's random yeah. you're not allowed to be placed in a, a certain order just because your dog is a monkey in the blinds and I like that you brought up that kind of the newer it being newer the blinds in Alberta even but to the sport, because a lot of us compete in other sports and we haven't seen blinds before. So unless you've done Earth Dog or something like that, you're maybe not used to being in a... Right. You're not set. used to being in, in that space. And, and uh, it's true. A lot of times, like in other dog sports, you're in your benching area. And then maybe you're in your warm-up area where yeah. you are getting your dog a little bit amped up. And um, then more work. And then you're... Work to work. Yeah. Then you're going straight into, into the ring where you want your dog performing at whatever level. And I mean, there's, again, there's some dogs um, where you want to keep them super calm even during their warm up because yeah. otherwise they lose their head and then they don't do a very good job. Yeah. Um, there are other dogs that maybe need a little bit of getting going. Um, I know my Husky, when we do nose work, um, I was letting him roll down the hill, on the, you know, <laughs> in the grass and, and goof off, you know, yeah. because that was keeping him happy. Yeah. Um, but definitely my, my border collie and my Kelpie, I would be keeping totally like, yeah. let's keep our head in the game here. Let's and not think about... And I guess if about, you do want to ramp you know, up a little bit, you can do that once you get into that block when you get into the ring. Yeah, like when you, if you bit, do you need to ramp your dog up and get them a little bit excited, um, I, I would say the, like the reality is that most dogs don't need don't to be need ramped it. up yeah. for, for barn hunt um, unless they really don't like barn hunt. And then, <laughs> then you've got then, a different issue Then altogether. I would suggest <laughs> that you take a different look at the situation and, yeah. and decide whether or not that's something your dog wants to do. Um, most dogs, uh, the thing about barn hunt is... is um, the, the dogs who are loud and amped up and really excited to play um, are fun to watch, but they tend to end queue at a higher rate than the dogs who come in calm and ready to work. Um, yeah. So a lot of the handlers in the early days that were getting their dogs really amped up to go play, um, don't do that anymore yeah. um, because they have learned that their dogs actually perform better if they go into the ring calm and ready yeah. to work versus screaming like a demon. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what we were going to talk about today is uh, strategies to um, keep your fellow blind mates happy, yeah. um, keep your dog <laughs> occupied and calm yeah. while in the blind um, so that you can get to work in, in the ring uh, as soon as you get in there without um, complaints being made against you Pretty um, or getting dirty looks from the other competitors yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, and also nobody you know 
complaining about your behavior behind your back. Yes. Yeah. As sometimes. You don't happens. want a reputation. No, you don't want to be the deserved loud. or undeserved. You don't want a reputation with the. <laughs> you don't want to be the loud management. dog in the in the blind. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about um, some strategies. So we're gonna start with like reactive dogs, or just kind of go through different you know, equipment. All of these things kind of work for every dog. Okay. Um, reactive dogs may have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, these these tools can be used on any dog to keep them calm and happy in the blind, um, because that's they have to sit there for quite it's a long, a long time. time, and they yeah. know why they're there. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first thing we talked about was um, space, space issues, yeah. um, because sometimes your dog is is very large and the blind is not. Um, oh, I've got it covered in straw. Um, <laughs> but, but what you can actually do. Um, that I suggest to a lot of people, because um, a lot of people have trained their dog uh, in other aspects uh, to lay down on a mat. mat yeah. um, so anything, anything will do. Um, so uh, this is just a towel. Um, you could use a mat. You could use a, a cool bed if it's hot. Um, yep. Sometimes the blind can be quite warm because yep. um, the dogs are excited and there's a lot of body heat packed into a small space. Yep. Um, so um, a towel or a mats or anything like that is totally acceptable to bring into the blind and you would just put that on the floor in the space that you would like your dog to occupy so it can be between your feet it could be off to one side of your chair um and you're kind of just doing target training to target your dog to lay there yeah you're just you know and rewarding them for for staying on their mat so yeah. um you would do the mat training ideally outside of the barn hunt environment first <laughs> yep. um because it's it's not exactly uh, a high um, energy environment behavior to train yep. um, but if you teach your dog to essentially park it on a mat um, park it is is the command that I have for it, it just means go lay on that Thing. object <laughs> go, go park it yeah. um, uh, ideally on your mat um, yep. and as long as they're down um, then you can give them treats so you're allowed to have items in the blind um, you're allowed to have treats in the blind um, you're not allowed to have, you know, cell phones or, or things like that, but you can have um, things for your dog. Um, you're not allowed crates. Crates aren't allowed. Um, I, I, I kind of, I have mixed feelings about that because I feel like if you have just like a little pop-up tent crate and your dog will go in there and be quiet yeah. for 20 minutes. Yeah. Then I would have carried it, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, or if you have like a little, uh, you know, kind of mouthy terrier, um, who would maybe be better in a crate under a blanket when yeah. you first turn. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm going to say it's probably a space issue, yeah. right? You can't have all of these things coming in and out. And it, it might also be a time issue um, because I could imagine somebody taking a lot of time to Sit. fold their crate up and, yeah. you know, and so that would be disruptive in and of itself. Yeah. So um, a crate or a actual physical barrier is not allowed. Um, I mean, you could, I suppose, take your towel and like hold it in front of your dog's head so that he can't look at the <laughs> other dogs. That's um, hard to hold the leash at the same time. Right. And, else, and yeah. I just, I just see that turning into a bit of a fight. So yeah. Um. So just lay your dog down on on a mat or have them sit on a mat or you know that kind of prevents them from doing this kind of back and forth yeah. wandering thing. Yeah. Um. And it prevents them often from staring at other dogs because sometimes it's just the eye contact, especially if you get a couple of females in there yeah. and they look at each other funny then you have like 20 minutes a of very tense blind, staring at each other you know because yeah. two female terriers saw each other in the corner of their eyes <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, and 
so so generally like you could have your mat down and then you would have your dog facing you or, or um, yeah. that sort of thing. It just gives them a targeted place to go so that they know where they're supposed to be. Not yeah. so much so that you know where they're supposed to be, um, but so that they have clear criteria, essentially. Yeah. The clearer the criteria, the more likely the dog is going to relax with it. So a towel or a mat can be handy for some dogs. Yeah. Um, so that's something I do, but I haven't brought a mat with me, um, but I have done the kind of lay down, whatever, feed mm -hmm. treats, but I always take more treats than I think. So maybe that's me, but, uh, I would say bring more treats than you think yeah. you need in there. Yeah. Better um, to have more than not enough. I have, I, I broke my treat pouch, but I normally <laughs> have like a big like pencil case size treat pouch yeah. and it is full of kibble and treats and, and, um, the idea of, of small treats is really good. These are teeny tiny mini trainers. Yep. Um, and so lots of small treats and um, ideally lots of treats that uh, will not necessarily make them thirsty. Yes. Um, so lower salt. Yeah. Not so um, dry. Not so dry. I mean, these are, these are liver treats. So they're a little bit dry. Um, kibble's a little bit dry. I use both those things because they're like crack for my dog. But um, ideally you want a well hydrated dog going into the ring because their nose works better when they're hydrated and it's a very dusty environment. So anyway, we, we yeah. want them kind of hydrated. But small, small pieces um, can be key here. Um, so but make sure that they're not just riding around in your pocket because if you go into the ring and you have food in your pocket, yeah, then that's a, that's an NQ. Yeah. Um, so we want to make sure that it's in some kind of package uh, or a treat pouch or a Ziploc bag or something so that when you leave the ring, everything you bring into the blind has to come out of the blind with you. Yeah. Um, so it should all be kind of compact enough that you can quickly pack it up when it's your turn. Um, and then you leave it, usually there's a table or you can put it down outside the ring, but you don't want to accidentally take your blanket or your treats or anything into the ring with you um, because you'll, you'll be sent out um, and thanked for your donation to the club. <laughs> um, so, so definitely consider um, compactness and, and ease of packing your things up because yeah. you don't want to hold up everybody by um, having like well, an entire think, picnic set up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know when I go in, like my dog's pulling me, they're excited to get into the ring. So you don't like, even though you got two hands, you know, you've kind of got one hand to hold on to your stuff that you have to take out with you. And even then uh, you might need both hands on the leash. So That's true. be That's careful true. with what you have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I mean, having it all in like a, a little blanket's duffel pretty bag. Easy. Or, yeah. yeah, a blanket's pretty easy. Um, instead of a blanket, I actually use, um, cause this is dual purpose. I use yeah. what's called a snuffle mat. Uh, and I recommend these for anybody who has a dog who's remotely anxious in the blind. <laughs> I think I think this should just be part of everybody's barn hunt kit. Probably, to be honest, yeah. Um, is is a snuffle mat. So a snuffle mat is uh, a mat um, made out of um, a door a doormat, a rubber doormat um, with polar fleece strips tied at varying lengths and thicknesses so that it creates this poofy shag carpet <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's essentially a shag carpet. <laughs> um, and what you do with a snuffle mat is you take treats and you hide treats in amongst the fleece so that the dog has to sniff 
yep. or snuffle yep. um, through the mat to look for the food. Um, and this does several things. For one thing, your dog is not staring at other dogs yep. um, if they're focused on this. Um, this is nice and heavy, so you just mark where you want your dog's head to be essentially right. with the snuffle mat and then just leave it there or I'll pin it under my foot sometimes. Yep. Um, and then it slows the amount of treats that they're eating while they're in the blind. So you said you had trouble sometimes you know, using more treats than yes. you thought would be necessary. Yeah. If your dog spends 40 seconds looking for one treat, because yeah. <laughs> um, they can smell it, but they can't find it, um, then you're going to go through a lot fewer treats. You're yeah. going to um, keep your dog super calm because that sniffing and eating behavior is really calming for a dog. Yeah. Um, and you're just going to chill them out completely. So the snuffle mat was actually my secret weapon. Um, my dog, I previously, in order to keep her from barking her head off in the blind, I had to stand in the corner of the blind. I couldn't sit. Yep. I had to stand in the corner of the blind, holding all 35 pounds of her with her head jammed into the corner of the tent yep. um, so that she couldn't see anyone and couldn't bark at anyone. And right. as long as I was holding her facing a, a wall, essentially, um, yeah. then she would be mostly quiet. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> um, so that wasn't working for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I decided, okay, well, let's try this snuffle mat thing. Um, and now she uses it, um, so she'll lay down on it, and then I'll just drop little tiny bits of treats in, and she'll snuffle, 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 yep. and we can get through the full, even if we're last in the master ring, um, we can get through our half hour in the blind um, without any outbursts yep. or or frantic behavior, right? Um, so she's not wearing herself out. She yep. comes out of the blind totally calm and happy. Yep. Um, and ready to work. Yeah, and, uh, and we have her little, yep. people call it sometimes her pillow. <laughs> <laughs> So she's good. Um, and this has basically solved all of our blind problems. Well, I really like that idea, especially for small dogs, because they, like, I'm fortunate I have bigger dogs, so it's not so bad to feed a lot of treats. Mm -hmm. Not ideal, but I can do it. But if you have a 10-pound dog, you obviously cannot feed them two pounds of treats while you're sitting, waiting in your blind. No, no. So you no, can cause... use a snuffle mat or something and, again, space those treats out there. <laughs> if you feed too many treats in the blind and your dog upchucks in the ring, yeah. um, also an end <laughs> Plus, I don't do my best work if I've got a right? full stomach, a full so I'm stomach. thinking they probably not yeah. so much too. Yeah. So. yeah, so that actually kind of ties into the next thing, um, which is uh, water. Um, so some dogs get a little bit anxious uh, and they pant a lot um, and might be overheating a little bit in the ring. Um, so it's totally okay to bring, um, I wouldn't suggest like a whole jug, this is just what's in my car, um, but just a water bottle and, and a dish. And um, You don't want to give them a ton of water because again, if they go into the ring and get all excited and then they burp up some water, again, yeah. that's, that's an unfortunate NQ. Um, but just enough for them to kind of wet their mouth and lick the bowl, or if you want to put just a little bit of water in the bottom of a water bowl and then drop some treats in so that it has the same sort of effect as a snuffle mat, right. um, you can do that. So, so you can put some water just a tiny bit in the bottom um, and then sprinkle some treats in and then they have to go and fish the treats out of the water. Right. Um, and then they're keeping their uh, mucous membranes moist at the right. same time yeah. and are um, keeping themselves hydrated. So if it's hot too in the blind, That's a cool idea. Um, then, then having a little bit of water again, it's just, you know, a little bottle of water and a, a little dish. And, yeah. and 
I would suggest a towel as well at that point um, because you don't want to leave a big puddle in the blind um, and you might have to carry your dish out um, while it still has some water in it. So just be careful that you're not making the floor slippery for yeah. anyone else. But um, yeah. It's probably also a good idea if you use a lot of kibble as treats because I know like we've done training classes mm -hmm. and I was feeding kibble as treats, like he, Riggs always thirsty. So, yeah, so yeah. to be able to wet, kind of wet their palate or even like say to put kibble in there and let it float around, it's mm -hmm. a little easier for them. Some, some, uh, People also use um, just a, like a mister bottle um, for those flatter faced dogs who might be getting hot in the blind or, or parched because they're um, eating so many treats and they just lift their lips and spritz some water in okay. under their lips um, just to kind of cool them down and, and make sure that their palate is, is wet before they go in um, because having a dry mouth does not work well when you're doing mm. scent related um, things so um, yeah so those dogs maybe those dogs refuse water because you know they're a bit stressed um, or a bit yeah. excited um, so they might not drink or they might over drink if right. they get the opportunity but just a, a mister bottle inside their mouth can, yeah. can give them what they need to yeah. go into the okay. ring for that yeah um, and again you're less likely to spill that yep um, so that's nice too yeah um, cool. so we've got trees we've got snuffle mat we've got water um, I I tried one time, uh, one time, <laughs> one time, one time. <laughs> um, uh, it was a rawhide chew or a bully stick. It was it was something like that. It was consumable, right. um, but it was a chew, and I was like, well, I'll just give that to her, and and she can chew it the entire time we're in the blind, and then I won't have to work so hard with like putting treats yeah. in the snuff yeah. the mat and paying attention to my dog. I was I was being lazy. Well, um, the timing is sometimes hard. Like you. I don't know, you're being respectful of what other people are doing, you're watching their dogs, and are they staring yeah, you down, and so right, yeah, yeah. it does take a lot of our energy to watch Basically, everything yeah. else going on. Yeah, and mostly I just got tired of getting treats all over my hands. Um, Slimy. Yeah, I, drool I, just, all over. I don't know, I wasn't feeling it that yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, so I made a mistake, um, yeah. and what I did was I, I brought in a, um, I think it was a bully stick. So bully stick, my dogs can have bully sticks, it's fine, no big deal. Um, I think it was one of the ones that kind of crunches up really fast. So I I thought I was the last dog, yeah. but I may have been like third okay. and not even know it. Um, so that was part of the problem was I, I give it to her and she's sitting there and she's chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing and she's munching it up and I'm thinking, oh yeah, she'll be done in plenty of time for, yeah. for us to have our right. turn. Um, and then they called our name oh. <laughs> to come into the ring and my dog is there halfway through a, halfway through a bully stick. And, um, not too soon to leave it. Well, you know, she's, she's nice that way. At least if it was one of my other dogs, I may have lost a finger, <laughs> um, but it was awkward because she did not want to leave it. That's true. Um, so she, yeah. she did definitely want the bully stick more than she wanted to go play a barn hunt, which, um, okay. That's fair. Um, yeah, but she then starts cause I'm telling her we got to go. <laughs> Yeah. And everyone's calling for us and everyone in the blind is laughing because I've made this terrible <laughs> error. Um, and she's like dropping pieces out of her mouth and like reaching back to try and snatch them and, yeah. and everything. And it was just, you know, so I'm, I'm actually still saying that's not a bad strategy to give your dog like a chew to just lay down and chew right. on because chewing reduces a ton of stress. Yeah. Um, and it's, if you can just give them a bully stick or um, I've a heard dental going chew. In with a Kong even. Yeah, a Kong. A Kong would be a good idea. Um, I do find that the difficulty with a Kong is that um, quite often 
it's kind of messy. Yeah. Um, and or it needs to be frozen or something yep. like that. And if you don't have the equipment to, to keep it yep. frozen throughout the day, yep. Kong might be a little harder, but it's not a bad idea. Um, so a chew or, you know, a rawhide or a nyla bone or, you know, something like that, that they're just gonna lay there and chew. It's a great idea in theory. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't try it, um, but definitely know your run order better than I did. Yeah. And, um, and, and maybe kind of know what the treat's gonna do. Is it gonna fall apart? Um, is your dog gonna let you just take a bully stick away, go play and then have their bully stick back next time they're in the blind? If they are, then awesome. If it's gonna turn into a fight, or that's Maybe all they not think about when they're trying to escape. The yeah, if they're if they're standing at the gate because they want their bully stick <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, you know. Oops. So, <laughs> oops. Yeah. Um. So anyway, she did. She did go out and perform yeah. pretty well. Um. I was flustered as a result yeah. because. I don't like holding up the blind. Yeah. I'm always one of those people who's like, let's go load the blind, everybody. Yeah. You know, so when Anytime I'm- Anytime you've organized, you, you respect how, how much you right. want to have it all move quickly. Exactly, yeah. Nobody wants to sit in the blind any longer than they have to. And, and if yeah. they're waiting for you to deal with <laughs> the fact that your dog won't give up their chicken foot or whatever, yeah. then yeah, that's, uh, that's not a good time. Yeah. So um, so I think, I think it was a good idea in theory. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't do that anymore personally. Um, because I don't want to have a fight with my dog right before we go yeah. into the blind. Um, I and I don't I want them bolting food either right before right. we go in the blind. Like if yeah. they think you're going to take it away so they swallow it really fast. Right. Um, I don't want to do that either. So I guess like a dental stick or something like that even be something they'd eat faster if you were the first one in. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah, something like that. Um, and, and again, I mean, it's hard to tell. If my dog's first one in, then I probably wouldn't bother with wouldn't it at anything. all. Yeah. Um, unless they're the kind of dog that lets you hold on to the other end so that you can just quickly take it away and put it in right. your treat pouch. Yeah. Um, and it really, like, you have to know your dog when it comes to that. And yeah. I mean, I know that this dog will let me take things from her. Um, yeah. She's very good about that. Uh, but I just, I had it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so not a bad idea, but definitely one that you have to put a little bit more forethought into yeah. than I did. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so those are the things that, like, I... I have seen work well for people in the blind, um, that work well for me in the blind, um, but there are some other things that people have tried in the blind that have actually been very disruptive um, <laughs> to myself and others. Yeah. Um, one of those things is balls. Um, okay. Balls are, are a trigger item for a lot of um, a lot of especially herding breeds um, or anything that's been taught to you know play chuck it. Um, so if a dog is sitting there and you're bouncing a ball in the blind, you're no longer just getting all of the attention for your dog. Um, because be going nuts. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, I have had to physically drag my dogs out of blinds because somebody's left a ball on a chair. Yeah. Um, that would be us yes too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, a ball, um, or anything that's like going to attract the attention of a ton of other dogs, um, is not necessarily very good sportsmanship for the blind. Yeah. Um, sitting there bouncing a ball on the floor and expecting, you know, the other four dogs in the blind to not focus on your ball um, is a little bit unfair. Yeah, and you're not gonna win um, any friends. If you want if you want some trialing friends, that's probably not a way to make them. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, neither is neither is this. Um, I I don't know if there's like officially a rule against squeaky toys in Barnhunt. There might be, I'd have to check the the, the rule, rule book. book. Yeah. But um <laughs> This is not okay. <laughs> For 20 minutes. For 20 minutes. Um, it's This is one of those things that 
every other competitor could then go to the trial chair and say, hey, this person was disrupting my dog during the hunt. Because if, if you've got a dog in the ring That's and, very true. and the dog in the blind is doing this, then the dog in the ring is going to be incredibly disrupted um, because a lot of dogs in barn hunt are actually using their ears to hunt. Yeah. So if you're creating unnecessary squeaky noises um, <laughs> outside of the ring, yeah. uh, definitely a, a big a big faux pas. Like, just don't. No squeaky toys. Um, ideally, no squeaky toys in the benching area, no squeaky toys in the building, no squeaky toys in your car. Yeah. Um, why we have squeaky toys in the world at all, I don't know. Because <laughs> um, I really, I really hate this sound. Yeah. Um, so, the only time squeaky toy, in my opinion, <laughs> is ever appropriate is when you're trying to get a really good picture. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> when you want your wing you want, picture at the you end want of the day. The ears, right? Yeah. And 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 let's specify at the end of the day, yeah. not just at the end of your class, um, because there are other dogs still competing. So if you are ever going to use a squeaky toy, um, you wait until that ring is completely empty for the yeah. day. Don't yeah. even don't don't. <laughs> yeah. No and I, I guess we should kind of <laughs> kind of uh, say that as well. Usually the blind is really close to the ring, so even if you're talking to people, just be aware, like, they can probably hear you. So, like, don't badmouth the judge or the competitor that just went in, and anything no. you have in there, you know, they can I mean, probably hear. you shouldn't do that anyway. You should not do that anyway, but... <laughs> it's bad uh, sportsmanship. But, I'm, yeah. you know, talking about the squeaky toy um, even, just, it is very yeah. close, so they're yeah. gonna be able to hear you. Um, also, it's just disruptive. Um, yeah. And I, I've been, I have been told to be quiet in the blind. Apparently, <laughs> sometimes I get a little excited, yeah. um, <laughs> talk a little bit too loud. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, if you're in the blind and your blind is within earshot of um, of the ring, you wanna keep your voices low. You're allowed to talk to people in the blind. Yeah. It keeps everybody relaxed and happy. Yeah. And, and Don't be afraid to. Ready but... to go, yeah, you yeah. be friendly in the blind. The yeah. blind is a nice place, you get yes. to know people. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely do not be speaking too loud um, or telling your dog stuff really loud. Um, yeah. You know, just like you don't want your dog barking, you don't want to bark in the blind either. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other disruptive behavior I have seen in the blind is um, tug of war. So tug of war is not a calm game either. So in the, in the blind, we should be focusing on calm games, you know, picking the treat out of the hand, little hand touches, you know, nice yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, tug of war with your dog in front of four other dogs is also not necessarily yes. a really nice behavior yep. for the blind. Um, save that for getting amped up for fly ball or agility or something like that. That's where you can play your tug. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, it's actually happened to me before in the blind where another competitor has been playing tug with their dog. Um, and that takes up, like we were saying, a lot of space um, because <laughs> dog you got the length of the dog and then you have the length of the tug toy and then you're kind of at the end of it and so this dog was like getting into my dog's face yeah. and and everybody else's dog's face and, and um i mean they were having a great time together but i don't think <laughs> they were super aware of uh, the effect it was having on the other dogs everybody in the space so calm games in the blind totally fine things that keep your dog's attention focused on you um try not to drop your treats and send them skittering under other dogs things like that yeah. um but for the most part you know you're allowed to have these things in the blind as long as they're calm and not disruptive yeah. um so i think that's going to help yeah. a lot with uh with kind of keeping your dog 
chill and, and mellow in the blind and then getting them to the ring and ready to hunt. Yeah. Because we, uh, we definitely want them in the right mindset when they go into work and mm -hmm. don't want to disrupt everybody. Yeah, work starts, work starts in the blind. Yeah. So, so they're not just in there chilling. They're, they're supposed to be thinking about work when they're in the blind. Okay. That might be our problem. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, I always get a lot of information when I talk to Monica and I hope that's given you some different ideas that you can use and implement at your next competition to make the process a little bit less stressful for you and your dog. If you would like to learn more about Monica or uh, sign up and take some lessons from her, she does teach out of Hightails Pet Resort and you can visit their website at hightails.ca and uh, and give them a call and sign up for a lesson. I know she'd love to see you there. So uh, thanks for joining us and uh, have a great day, everybody.